Welcome to Making Metric Easy, presented by Outlaw Technology. I'm Hans Dietrich. And I'm Bri Oaxaca. And each week we speak with companies in the trenches of the seed to sale process. Today on our show, we're very excited to have Mike Woltice, founder and lead consultant of the Woltice Group out of Michigan. We also have Dave Eagleson, CEO and founder of Outlaw here again. And we're very happy to have him here as well. Here as well. Mike, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself for our listeners. We all know you. We've known you for several years now. We love working with you. We started working with, with you in Michigan, but I know you're in a bunch of other states now. What states do you operate in and what exactly do you do? Yeah, very good, Hans. Well, thanks everybody for having me. Hello. Hi, Bree. Hi, Dave. Uh, good hey, to be on with you guys today. Appreciate the invite. So a little background on Waltice Group. We're an IT company that was started in 2018 in the state of Michigan, primarily doing healthcare industry. We did a lot with dental offices and speeder type Grand Rapids ear, nose and throat type companies that fed two hospitals in the area. In 2018, we got asked to kind of dive into cannabis as it became legal for the first time as it started opening up an emerging market here in Michigan. And our background at Waltice Group is solving problems with technology. And I know that's what Outlaw is passionate about as well. And when Dave and I first connected early on and like, what does this RFID technology mean in the world of cannabis? And how is this going to play? And we were both kind of going down some similar paths and just uh, ended up being a fantastic uh, to get to know all of the Outlaw folks and, and use you. And we can talk more about that, I'm sure. Overall, Waltice Group's primary role is we were brought in when it came online in Michigan as a medical IT consultant for the cannabis industry. We've now involved to the point in the Midwest that we are overseeing around 45 dispensaries, uh, daily IT needs, security needs, everything from cameras to email to IT solutions for firewall, VPN for our growing partners. We are dealing with automation services, and we also started in 2019 a scale division, which is another wonderful reason we love Outlaw. We sell certified scales throughout the United States, actually. Uh, my dad joined my team in 2019 after 50 years with Mattler Toledo. So, Hans, it's great to be with you. I hope that answered the beginning of that question for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the questions I have, though, because I know you worked with a lot of cultivation sites before you came across us, what kind of pain points were they asking you to solve? What were the biggest obstacles and things you thought you could help them with? I know you went through a bunch of different technologies and tried them all out, but uh, what were their biggest issues? Yeah, that's a fantastic question, Hans. One we put a lot of time into. I think our biggest thing and what my love and our company's love in IT is automation. How do we make processes more user-friendly, less manpower hours, more simplistic? How do we cut down on human error? And when we first walked into growing environments in Michigan, we found everything being done with clipboards and pen and it's scales that were out of tolerance, out of compliance, not being regulated. And we had to come up with something to make, uh, make the solution better. Just from a purely when you're writing numbers, I am not a good penmanship person. There's a reason I'm in IT and I type everything. I can type better and faster than I write. If you think a doctor's signature is bad, you you should see my writing. And so when we were seeing these levels of errors in these facilities, 
we said, there's gotta, there's gotta be a better solution. And we went down a few roads. We did some things with OHAS, with our scale division, where we could print the information from the scale into an Excel document, into a Word document, but you were still then manually transposing that data and importing it manually into metric. It still didn't have a good flow. We tried it a few of the other uh, competitors to outlaw out there over time as they they were developing their APIs and developing their platforms. We we even helped initially with some barcode scanner development, tried some things on our own. Uh, at the end of the day, it was all about getting correct data, in my opinion, into the back end of metric without all this human error because and doing it without hindering the speed of production. When you harvest, and I talk to a lot of cultivators that are in harvesting, we just installed a new OHA scale for a customer and they called and they said, well, we're going to harvest tomorrow. We forgot. We need a scale. We need an integrated metric. And we're like, outlaw is the only way to go. We're going to get ready with them. And, and the reason I say that is it just took all those pain points away overnight by allowing us to seamlessly push into metric through the Outlink console that Outlaw provides through just the use of either RFID or barcode technology. And, and we use both depending on the environment. Some of them work really well in RFID the way they do their tagging. And if they don't want to use the RFID, Outlaw gives us the flexibility to also stick with barcode which we have found to just really cut down on error overall and simplify harvesting. And we also, Hans, we provide the outlay console to the ownership group. Typically, one of the ways we've found to really excel in cannabis is being involved in that higher executive level, the ownership level. We're involved every day with the rank and file uh, teammates and everybody doing the front lines. But it also is really important that I've found that the money guys want to know what's happening out there. They may want to see one harvest, but they don't want to watch a harvest every day. And so what we do is we put the outlet console out there on a big screen TV. Typically, we typically will kind of make a cheering section, if you will, in a greenhouse. And, and these are the people that are going to watch it. And, you know, when we hit certain metrics, we'll buy free pizza lunches. And, and you try to make it fun. Use the automation to make that very monotonous job more reasonable, more entertaining, more exciting to be in on a day-to-day basis. We have a couple of grow customers that use Outlaw on a daily basis for harvesting, and they challenge each other across rooms. And the scoreboard becomes the Outlink console, and we put it up on two 50-inch screen TVs, and the two rooms are challenging each other for speed of harvest, quality of harvest, total output, all these things, and and they build employing metrics around it. So oh my, I know it's my, a long answer, but it's- No, no, Mike, that's awesome. Listen, I I'll tell you what, you got to get us some videos of them doing that. I would love to see these teams going at it, see who's harvesting faster with the, with the systems. That would be so cool to see. Well, and it's a nice thing. I mean, we put in multiple scales. So one of the things that's really nice about that design as well, and you don't think about this, I do as the consultant, is we have redundancy built in then. We have two scale setups at all time. Not that Outlaw has any major problems with downtime. We've found the uptime to be one of the biggest pluses of the Outlaw system is that we don't have downtime. The worst case, we have to reboot a tablet or, or potentially restart a scale. But with having one in each room and, and typically even maybe a third in a closet, 
we just have some redundancy built in and also a fun competitive environment. That's awesome. Mike, you brought up, you know, the console and, you know, the executive level finding it so helpful. What aspects of the console do you find have been the most beneficial for those folks? That's a great question, Bree. I so overall the graphing, just uh the visibility of how a harvest is proceeding throughout a day, I there's an expectation. Most of the people, at least here that I work with in Michigan now, all of the growers, the cultivators, they have some experiences under their belt now. When we first started, we didn't have any expectations of daily output or by room output or any of that information. You know, now we're starting to be able to build metrics and these graphs and the Outlink console that's giving us strain collection data and harvesting quantity and, and deep diving that ability. Um, that's not something you find in metric just by using metric. You know, you have to really work to get that data out of metric through manual exports and manual automations in Microsoft Office 365 or, or different ways to just graph that display. What I've found so useful for most of our clients in the Outlet console is the pure visibility of their harvesting data as a day progresses and the ability to drive in and see how many plants have we harvest, how much how many pounds have we taken of X, Y, and Z and get that on a real time basis throughout the harvesting day. Yeah. And, you know, kind of humble brag from outlaw here. One thing that we've also done with our system is, you know, we've combined everyone's license on one singular view, which, you know, anyone who's familiar with metric knows that, you know, if you've got 12 licenses in your facility, you're navigating 12 different tabs at metric. Whereas, you know, in our system, we've tried to give that snapshot available to the people who need it. I think that's a great point, Bree. And I don't think you want to miss the point that when you guys are harvesting, that you're doing real-time validation of the proper license, of the proper strain, of the proper metric tag. I mean, prior to our automations with Outlaw and our grows, we were seeing plants getting harvested into the wrong strain, under the wrong group. And it was just constant chaos. We're trying to track down plants and tags and where'd that go? And ever, you know, I think it's really important to realize Outlaw is doing real-time validation. I, when we were watching the console, it pops up, this seems out of place. Outlaw's almost AI for us a bit in saying it, it's predictive almost, like you are wrong. That shouldn't be harvest. We do not expect to see that tag in this batch. That is hugely important for quality control, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'll jump in. So uh, let me put a plug in for Wolfeye since Mike's been carrying the outlaw and the value of us. <laughs> Look, I, when Mike and I got connected up way back when, um, you know, Mike reached out to me with a customer he had in Michigan and we, you know, it's kind of like, hey, can you do what you say you can do? And I'm a big, you know, Missouri show me kind of person. So I think once those systems were in there, but more importantly for us at Outlaw, just to be clear, anywhere I know that Mike and his team are involved, I know I don't have much to do. I mean, I don't have concerns. I don't have issues. I don't have problems because, again, they act as effectively the the C-suite. They're the CTO, CIO wrapped in one. So, you know, we're even pushing customers that we run into that are starting out new and saying, hey, look, don't don't expend a lot more capital on on this, you know, these resources when you have a known partner like Wolfice that can come in and do it because, you know, ultimately, look, your experience that your team's gained over the years is tremendous. I think we're in the same boat. I think we're both have kind of been cutting our teeth during the same time periods. But um, I think right now, anybody new that's looking to get in should bring someone like you guys in day one so they can get their firewall set up. They can get their their network drop straight. 
all the things that are important in place because once it's in place and then our tools are plugged in, they pretty much don't look back. Yeah, I think that's right, Dave. I'd like to add to that too as well, Mike, because, you know, right now we're seeing all these shrinking margins and I know, you know, they bring you in, sure, it costs money to bring in a consultant, but you end up saving them money. I know that you've been brought in because the people had labor shortages, so they couldn't afford this, couldn't afford that, and you've been able to like reduce their costs through automation. That's that's absolutely right, Hans, and thanks, Dave, as well for for thinking of that. I there's a couple of things you know around those points. The sooner you get an IT person involved, if that's Waltice Group, fantastic. But don't think that this business is any different than any other business. At the end of the day, you need the underpinnings of a good IT solution. A good network runs everything. It's it's in the Wi-Fi. It's the outlaw system. It's the irrigation. If you're not doing proper management of that network out of the gate, you're going to pay nearly triple down the road to correct it. We call it a flat network. When we run across a flat network that's just been installed with no thought or care to security or direction of what's on the network. And all of a sudden you have a cell phone from a guest user that's on the scheme is the outlaw scale. And now my cell phone's taking all the bandwidth and outlaw is trying to fight with that. The sooner you involve an IT consultant, in my opinion, the better. Our, our big claim to fame has always been, bring me your bills for all of your technology stack. And I think I can almost always show you 15% reduction in cost and effectively pay for our first 10-hour engagement package. And we've done that pretty consistently. And then to your point, Hans, about, you know, you know, we are seeing shrinking margins in this market where, you know, we're seeing the cost go down and we've got to get more efficient, less human involvement on some stuff that we can automate. And taking down pen and paper and, and clipboards and and doing that, the more we automate that, not only is the employee experience better, so they're more likely to stay with us, the jump ship to the company that's got automation, they often find their job approval ratings go up, that they're more engaged, that they're part of, you know, we work in all these good manufacturing practice facilities. We work in ISO facilities. And and these things are becoming requirements if you want to meet those certifications. And goodness knows, we all probably hope and believe that someday this will be federally based. And and it's the plants that have the automation, that have the foresight to bring in the IT consultants, even though there's a cost. We're a pretty small cost on an annual basis of the overall operation. And I believe outlaws as well for the value that is brought to the table and so, you know, as margins shrink and as we try to demand every pound we possibly can and, and maximize our growth and, and our outcome from our wholesale products and stuff in the, in the growers, the, I, my true belief is the more automation we can do with the l- more error we can cut out, the overall better the company is going to respond. I, the companies that we see using OHA scales uh, along with the outlaw solution, I watch their harvesting numbers and and traditionally that compared with your pen and paper shops just significantly increased across the board from what i see you're preaching to the choir mike yeah in fact mike (laughs) the, the interesting thing in that i mean you bring up a good point i think what's also happening in cannabis right now is everyone's starting to get into that what i call best in breed right 
you and I both know, I think when you and I started, Mike, there was probably 80 POS vendors. There was probably That's right. 20 cultivation vendors. So my point being is there's a lot of folks that jumped into the deep end of the pool and didn't know how to swim, okay? And now- That's 100% true. You know, and you and I basically knew how to float. So we're like, okay, these guys are sinking like rocks. So the beauty of it, I think, is the fact that, you know, I think the market, truly the MSOs, as well as the independents and, and even some of the regional players, they're starting to realize that they've got to get standardize their operations, you know what I mean? So if they've got 50 dispensaries, if they got 10 cultivations, they really need to get standardization. And most of them, I think, you know this, put their efforts on like an SAP, an ERP. That's well and good, but that doesn't help the day-to-day people. I mean, that's just like adding layers of minutia. Like, you know what I mean? Now you guys, you've got a hell of a lot more of data entry. So yeah, we feel like, you know, where we're sitting is, is that point of, I would say, standardization is finally getting there where the acquisition mode is slowed down. People aren't in that, you know, I got to have everything in every state. You know, I think now they're settling in, figuring out what's good, what's bad. And I think that's where also your expertise has been hugely helpful. A lot of people made mistakes. When Hans and Bree and I started this, I am amazed at how many people changed their POS vendor three times in a year, three times. I'm like, they're like, we were on this, we were on that, we went on this. I'm like, are you kidding me? You've made that many changes? The time and money to do that is huge. It is. There's no question about that, Dave. And I, I mean, again, it starts all the way at the very beginning. If you don't build a proper Wi-Fi network, it doesn't matter which point of sales vendor you, you use. It's not going to work well. If you just think you're going to step a cable modem in and Outlaw is going to perform flawlessly, it will if it's 100 feet from that cable modem. But when you move it out to the back half of the greenhouse or indoor grow, it's going to stop functioning. So it's all about you know, finding your trusted partners in this business. You and I talk so often about yep. who do we know that we trust in the business, whether that's insurance front, human resources front. It's all about the right players at the table. And that's, you know, where I we love being together, working with Outlaw. That's where we like to come to the table is at this point, we spend more time talking about guidance. And as we see this market verticalize, and we are, we, a lot of our customers now, when it started, this was not the case. We were handling dispensaries with one backer. We were handling cultivators with another backer. There was different money groups. Now we're really seeing the aggregation of the, of the vertical. So the dispensaries with the growers and, and most of our customers are now multi-tiered being that they're both growing and selling their own products. And that's where it also further becomes interesting, as I know Outlaw also has systems that are coming out and are out for the dispensaries. Yep. In my mind, the whole hub and spoke model of pack in one place, build, pre-pack, cut down on error, and get it out to your stores and know where your inventory is. And now you can start talking about an ERP picture. You and I both know people that have spent millions and millions trying to build ERP solutions when what they really just needed was a good database, which metric is, with a very decent front end, which is what Outlaw is. And now that you're starting to get the insight into the retail market through Outlaw and the Maverick system, which I'm sure is another whole day on podcast, we are starting to be able to look at that overall end-to-end picture now. So now we can start doing things with that. And and we work with several data analytics partners uh, that also play with Outlaw and will take Outlaw data such as Canwell and others and combine that so we can get that end-to-end picture and start looking at economies and growth, what strains are performing the best, because it may be we can grow one really well, 
But if they're not moving in the retail market, what's the purpose? We need that end-to-end insight. And we really appreciate that outlaws positioning themselves that way. Agreed. Yeah, Mike, we're seeing a lot of folks, you know, tried and true users who are used to our tools in cultivation. They come to us saying that they want those same exact problems solved, you know, on the dispensary side. So, you know, we've really tried to focus on giving them the ability to, you know, handle something as simple as audits and cycle counts, you know, something that you're going to be doing in your retail environment daily, if not multiple times a day. And, you know, giving them the tool on the same hardware, uh, allowing them to automate those counts, make them more efficient. And then again, give them those tools to compare it to their point of sale systems, as well as metric. And again, help automate that comparison of those systems of record that they're required to maintain. So and that's what matters. And I think that's great. Yep. That's right. And I think, Bree, you're spot on. We, we're we big proponents of Maverick, getting that integrated. We, you know, we are one of the top resellers in Michigan for trees, and that Maverick works together with trees, which is yep. fantastic. And what we love is that, it, again, you said something very important, Bree. You said standardized hardware. When RFID came out in the specs and everybody first read about it, you saw everything from handheld RFID guns to passive and active antennas, and, and a whole lot of things were tried. That at the end of the day, I think Outlaw got it right. And that comes with Dave and Hans's, you know, experience through some of the big RFID players where they were at. But again, the consistency, because I can't tell you how many people I know that are bud tenders today that came out of cultivation last week and jump around the industry and the consistency of tools, not only from an IT standpoint, helps me keep a consistent network design and, and the consistency of the entire top to bottom vertical it also helps them that they just start pushing the buttons and it just get your handouts both on the maverick side and the way you're doing that and in the grow with the tablet and everything it's very user-friendly that is one of the biggest competitive advantages i've seen about outlaw when i'm an it person i don't want to put in stuff that's clunky then then i look bad doing that as a consultant i have to put stuff in that's it's efficient and and i i think you hit that on the ad brief yeah, I think you got it. I was just going to say, you know, thanks to Dave, we're using the exact same handheld that Metric uses. And uh, that's because Dave sold that handheld to Metric, and that's what the state auditor is coming in with. So when they see that the cultivator or even the dispensary or the processor has exactly the same handheld, they know they've got a device that works. Yeah. And a lot of that came from honestly having experience, right? Walmart was a good experience for me back in early in my career. And, and the reason I say good experience is, you became very clear that the, that industry, CPG, so the Procter & Gamble's, the Johnson & Johnson's, you name it, they all like to have the same tools because then what they're seeing at their dark door is the same as what Walmart might see or Target or someone like that. To that end, Mike, I did have another question, quick question for you. So the whole you podcast bet. is Metric Made Easy. What's your general sense of metric as a system? You know, we call it the DMV of cannabis. You know, we hear a lot of people kind of say bad things about it. And honestly, we've had a lot more saying a lot of positives. We see it as a positive because honestly, what they're doing is a necessary, I guess, evil, if that's the right term. But they're they're giving the ability of a state to confidently know exactly what's happening at any given moment to ensure the citizens of that state that things are being correctly handled. Is that how you view it? Well, that's, I, I think you had it spot on, Dave. That's what I would say. I mean, metric, not that it's necessarily evil, but we all know we need one database of truth. That Correct. is true. And in, in when we're in IT worlds and I've worked in databases and data warehousing companies and huge data farms and, 
And the, the, what happens is when you start having multiple databases of truth, all of a sudden you've got a point of sales database and you've got a harvesting database and you got this Excel document and this SharePoint library and and all of that, if, if, when you start putting all those data points together, it, it just gets very difficult and very messy and muddy to track. What I love about metric is not everything. That Let's be clear. I don't love everything. I think sometimes they oversell metrics capability to be your harvesting platform. Will it work for you? Sure it will. Is it efficient? And is it the best way to do things? No, absolutely not, in my opinion. Slap outlaw on the front end, in my opinion, in my experience, is you're going to cut your time by 50%. But what I metric is, is it's the truth database. We, yep. we all have to put data in and out of it. Now, there's players out there that can only push one way to the APIs at metric. At least metric has been smart enough to open up their APIs. And I know Outlaw has two-way capabilities with Metric and certain other players do. That's so important. For Metric to continue to be the right answer, which I do believe they are for the states and for the insight that we need, I hope they continue to stay in the lane of we're the database of truth and we're going to push out our APIs to our trusted partners such as Outlaw and let them write better front ends. Because at the end of the day, in my history in IT, the people writing and maintaining databases should stick to the writing and maintaining databases and the servers and the growth of those servers that needs to happen and keep them optimized, keep them running, keep them maintained, and let the rest of the let the free markets figure out the front ends, the APIs, the interactions, just be that source of truth. And from that standpoint, I have found metric to have good uptime. I have found their, them to be responsive in their support to us as needed. And really, uh, uh, that lane, I think Metric does a great job in the states that they're in. And, and in the states where we work that Metric's not, I wish they were there. And I hope they end up there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, Mike, you're, you're in several states now. Where do you see the industry going? You know, do you see federalization coming anytime soon? What do you see with pricing? We've seen a lot of changes in Michigan, as you know, being there. Price stabilization across the board. Just, just what's your gut telling you? Yeah. So I, most of what I'm seeing right now is is not new cultivators coming on. Certainly in Michigan. Um, and you asked, where do we play? We're currently doing build-outs in Michigan still. We still have a number of players coming on in Michigan, primarily on the dispensary side. Um, we are working in Illinois now. We're working in Ohio. We're working in Jersey. And uh, we really just, a lot of what we're seeing is our players that we got in early in Michigan are now getting groups and taking their money and funding things in the new and emerging states, as I would call them. We're, we're working and looking and following Missouri closely. We just we're started with a couple of customers in Missouri. So we're kind of chasing the, the emerging Midwest markets right now as we see money start to now filter a bit out of Michigan. As, and we are starting to see consolidation in Michigan. No question about that. I I brokered a deal for a group last week that basically builds dispensaries, and I knew somebody else that was looking to add to their dispensary collection, and I connected the two, and and good for us because we were already building the IT, and, and in 24 hours, they inked a deal and took a number of dispensaries from that were just finalizing their build with licenses and stuck them under their brand name. So what I think I see in Michigan, if we're looking primarily in my backyard in Michigan, 
we're seeing some of that consolidation. We're seeing the the cream of the crop rise. Um, and in my opinion, the people that do it right, it's the people that are getting their scales certified with us once a year to make sure that they aren't cheating the customer or that they're not overselling and losing. You know, the people that are not certifying their scales, not getting them checked and calibrated once a year, even though the state calls for it, they're giving away product. And, and with shrinking margins and all of this, that's just a mistake. And, and so we, I, we're seeing the kind of the cream of the crop rise in Michigan. We're seeing the exploratory money kind of go after these emergence markets, you know, and they're different. The, the rules, obviously, in Ohio that we had to navigate significantly different than Michigan and how they report and what point of sale systems play there. And, and, and so I, I think overall, it's exactly what I would expect, Hans. I, I expected a whole lot of people to run to the wild, wild west, if you will. Uh, you know, using the outlaws term, if you will. And, and it was. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's been some of the most exciting three years of my career in IT, solving all the problems. But now it's like, okay, now the real businesses that are run at real businesses with human resources involved and employee personnel that wants to stick around and not just jump to the next thing. Those are the companies we're starting to see and succeed, and and then in some of the niches as well. You know, some of the the craft cannabis stuff here in Michigan, where they grow the plants in house, the scales are all in house, the the processing's all in house. We're seeing some of that almost like you know Grand Rapids craft beer of the world, right? Grand Rapids, Michigan. So yep. we're seeing that market in cannabis emerging in Michigan. It, you know, it's a little harder from an economy to scale point. But they still need the same tools and the tools don't change whether you're selling to 10 customers a day or a thousand customers a day. The tools are still what you need in your pocket. So, Mike, Mike, anyone who's looking to enter these markets, you know, Michigan, Ohio, uh, the places you just mentioned, at what point would you recommend that they start looking for services like yours? The sooner, the better, honestly. I, the most expensive thing you can do is wait too long to involve somebody like Walter's group, an, an IT consultant. I mean, I we will give new starting up customers just recommendations and pointers without even charging just to help push them in the right direction. What I see, I, I was in a girl the other day. They've now brought us in. They've been working on it for a year and a half on their own. They have three different equipment racks in their IT facility. They have one security system that was never talked to their door access company. And then they've never talked to the Wi-Fi company. And and they've now, the sooner you involve somebody to integrate the systems, because as outlaws found out, if if you have a crappy Wi-Fi network, then you can do Ethernet drops and find ways to navigate it after the fact. But often you're doing rip and replace to get it right. And the cost of doing business that way, I, and I've gone over the numbers with this company because they're building three grows in Michigan right now. Thankfully, we got into this one before they got licensed, before it got fully open. We resolved the problems prior to plants coming in. And now we're on the head of their next two, but they've involved us at a point where we're reading construction documents. My company will look at your construction plan and say, hey, did you think about where the IT closet needs more room than this? You don't just need what the state says. You should think about X, Y, and Z for your long-term success. We've done enough of that at this point that very often we help craft the construction documents 
we did one greenhouse here in Michigan where I walked the property with our vendors, our low voltage vendors, about 65 times before they ever put a backhoe in the ground. What we were doing is painting off all the conduits. All the conduit had to be six foot underground. Every tube in that building is full. It can never have another wire pulled in. We would have to break out cement slab to do it. We opened that facility without missing a single wire, um, which is our huge claim to fame. (laughs) But we had to walk it a lot of times. And if they hadn't done that ahead of time and all the concrete gets poured, and we see this too often, the concrete gets poured, the drywall gets put up, and you didn't involve an IT team. And now we're trying to backfish things and bring in ditch witches to get under concrete. It's just, in my opinion, bring IT along sooner than later and and bring your vendors start talking to outlaw sooner in the process don't wait until you got plants in the building and it's time to harvest because you guys know with your handheld part of the handheld thing is is destruction when something goes bad part of it is plant management i've often talked to people about harvesting with outlaw but the sooner that conversation happens around outlaw the better it can be to help bring in the initial plants, make sure the tags are right. Do plants get to the right room? Did we move them on the carts properly? The sooner you bring the right vendors to the table and stop, like Dave said, where you've got five vendors you've tried, the sooner you just bring the right players to the table, the more I see beat. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, Mike, how do people get in touch with you and your company? Yeah, fantastic. We we do have a hard name to spell, and I'll admit it. It's been my name my whole life. So um, <laughs> we are working on a new domain. We just bought it last week. But uh, for now, the easiest way is to look us up is Group. It's uh, W-O-L-T-H-U-I-S or Whiskey Oscar Lima Tango Hotel, India Uniform Sierra dot group, Group. That'd be the easiest way. Um, if you want to get in touch with me direct, I'm M. Waltice at waltice.group. Also, you can find us on LinkedIn. We post a lot about the cannabis industry, what facilities we're opening, about vendor releases of information, updates to new point of sales, or outlaws rolling out a new product. One of our big things that we've always done with anyone that partners with Waltice Group on our social media and, and primarily on LinkedIn, um, although we have a Facebook following and some other stuff, but primarily look for us on LinkedIn, uh, is that we integrate great our customers we we want our customers to succeed because then they keep us along for the ride so you'll see us posting about new openings in michigan in ohio who our dispensary friends are what new grows we're building and just kind of take the customers along for the ride so we'd love it if you stop by check us out on linkedin or, or feel free to email me again mwaltice at waltice.group Bree, you want to do the honors and ask the last question Mike, our last question for every single one of our guests is who's your favorite outlaw, be it fictional character, singer, actor, whoever. Got it. So I'm going to try this on you guys and see what you think. All right. So who knows on the call who Robert Leroy Parker is? Not not jumping nope. out at me. Oh, see, so I, I thought maybe that I could come up with one to stump you guys here on this. But uh, Robert Leroy Parker is the born name for Butch Cassidy. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and so Butch Cassidy, I have had a fascination with trains since I was a little child. I still have a fascination with trains. I will pull over and watch trains roll by whenever I can. I will do IT work on the side by a rail yard. And something about robbing trains 
it thankfully doesn't really run in my blood, but the story and the a daringness to do so and uh, just trying to run the inflation numbers on, on Butch Cassidy, what he actually, him and his you know, bandits actually took off of trains in the Wild Wild West would make that my... my and favorite. he was supposedly a really fun guy to hang out with. I just recently rewatched Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and was looking him up, and yeah, he was... Everybody loved him. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know how... As an outlaw, and you're loved, I mean, just like I'm talking about with you guys' name and your product, you guys are loved, and I, I don't think all the outlaws fall under. Well, thank you very, very much, Mike. Our guest has been Mike Woltice of the Woltice Group. And thanks again for joining us here, Dave. We're always happy when you're here. Appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, you can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or the Cannabis Radio app for iTunes and Google Play, as well as subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Thanks for listening and be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.